Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It is time to talk dogs with Mindfulness for Dogs, Darren Rowe. Very good morning to you, Darren. Hi, Nile. How are you? Very, very well. So today we are talking about barking and nuisance barking and how to stop it. If you do have a question, though, about your dog, your dog's behaviour that you'd like to put to Darren, now is your chance, 0800 844 747, or we can text 3920. Barking seems to be something that really gets on people's nerves, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and, and this week seems, to, I don't know why, you know, it's like a bit like a bus. You don't get anybody phoning you about barking, and suddenly you get like two or three. So it seems to be a bit of a problem, maybe because people are starting to go back to work again now and they're hearing their dogs barking, possibly. Um, so I thought I'd do a bit of digging around on the barking and, and how we might be able to help that sort of situation or at least help the dogs understand it, I guess, from where the dogs are coming from. And and really, for me, it's going right, right, right back. You can take us right back to when we were still in caves, I guess. Um, about 30,000 years ago, maybe not quite caves, but um, that's when dogs sort of started to hang around us and started to work cooperatively with us. Um, so they, they have to protect us, they have to support our working, sort of practice hunting, all those kind of things, yeah. And then from that point, we sort of started, well, a bit later on, we started to domesticate them, and um, or they domesticate themselves, I should say. Um, what happened then is they formed this relationship with, with a human. It's unlike any other animal um, completely. And I think we've lost sight of that, that, that that relationship is so important because we're getting people that are quite intolerant of dogs barking when all they're doing is just doing the jobs that they've been bred to do, um, i.e. alert people that there's something going on that might be scary. Mm. So I think a bit of tolerance might be um, in order here. And I know that we're... We've been struggling over the last six six months or so, and people's uh, tempers are probably getting quite thin. But just to have a little bit of tolerance for dogs to to adjust to the norm again, I think more so. Yeah, it can be a problem though, can't it? That excessive barking for for a real problem for neighbours. It can be, yeah. And and, and I'm not trying to minimise the effect on on someone's life when you've got this dog that's constantly barking in the background. But again, one of those things that um, straight away before we get even get into any of this. Please, please, if you've got a dog barking and constantly, don't shout at it. If you're a neighbour, don't shout at it, tell it to be quiet, because all you're going to do is make the, make the situation ten times worse. You might think you're doing good, but you're actually making your problem worse. So don't say anything to them. Don't bang on the fence because you're going to scare them, and then they're going to they're going to bark even more. So please don't do that, OK? Just just phone the, the council and, and make a complaint if you think it's that serious and then let them deal with it in the right way. Um, but, hey, yeah, excessive barking, did you know that... In Christchurch, this is just this year, it spent 40 grand, it's a lot of money, 40 mm. grand on a machine or on a, a program that analyzes dog barking because they get so many complaints that they haven't got the manpower to be able to deal with it. And this machine or this program will analyze the dog barking to see if it is actually a nuisance bark. What? So what happens? They, they come out with a machine or the, or the person, the neighbor rings up and, and holds the phone out to the dog barking? And is, how does it work? <laughs> Listen, um, as far as I'm aware, they, they put a device there. I'm not sure the, the specifics, but I think they, they've had a device for the last sort of few years where they record the barking, but they put a device down and um, it records the barking and then they can actually um, ascertain whether it's a real nuisance barking because there is a fine line between just dogs barking and a nuisance barking. Yeah. yeah? It has to be barking over a certain period of time. Um, if you do um, think that you've got a dog that's uh, next door that's you know, nuisance barking, then you have to fill in um, a diary for three days. Normally it's about three days, some some places have a bit longer where you write down the times of a dog's barking for how long and and you need to be honest on that because it's quite a stress for the family that's barking as much as it is 
and the dog is barking as much as it is the family that are having to listen to it. Because oh, yeah. um, what alternatives do you have, really? If your dog's barking and you're not at home, it's a real hard one, isn't it? And it can sometimes be uh, just like a neighbour issue more than the dog issue, can't it, if there's feuding well, neighbours? yeah. I've heard um, many stories about neighbours that have had arguments and then carried it on. Of course, the dog's an easy target, isn't it? And we, we actually had one, um, one client that the um, neighbours were complaining about the dogs constantly barking all the time. It was getting really quite stressful. And we put cameras up. And the dogs weren't barking at all. It was just the neighbours that were getting really annoyed with them, with the, uh, with the my client, and then held a grudge. So they they took it out on the dog. So yeah. So you've got to protect yourself, haven't you? Have mm. that camera there, little wireless camera, so that you can see what's actually happening. Because that's a bit um, depressing. But yeah. Being, yeah. That being said, actually, people underestimate how much their dogs do bark. <laughs> I'd love to say that, yeah, definitely the dogs aren't barking, but actually a lot of dogs do bark a lot during the day. You've just got to um, sort of drive down the street and you'll hear all the dogs kicking off. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it is probably a bigger problem than you realise yourself. So why do dogs bark then? What's the reasoning behind it? Yeah, so, so there's a few different reasons, really. I, I kind of lump them all into sort of three categories, and I'm, I'm sure there's many, many more, but um, a need to protect. So if you think about it, the last thing you do to your dog is you either put them outside, put them in a kennel, put them in their room and say, right, OK, I'm off to work, bye. You look after the house, you look after the garden now. It's your job, you know, and especially if they're uh, um, one of those protective breeds, so like a bully dog or a, a doberman or that kind of thing, or even some of the herders, but they'll take that job on quite happily and they'll guard it with their life. <laughs> um, so any noise that goes past, they're going to bark at it. Yeah? Um, it might be a response of fear. So, so we have this assumption that we throw our dogs outside in the garden. So we put our dogs outside in the garden and we think, oh, they're going to love it, they're outside. But they might actually not be able to cope with all the noises and all the um, things flying past very well. And they might get quite scared. And when, we, when a dog gets scared, they bark to try and scare things away. So that might be your main issue. And then the other one is... Um, you put your dog outside, you go to work, they think you're still inside or there might be somebody else inside and they just bark to get in, they get bark for that attention. Um, and you see that when you come home, you don't go out there straight away, they're just barking, barking, barking to come in. And of course we always give in, don't we? So therefore that rewards itself. Mm. <laughs> we do it again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right there. We actually do, don't we? Uh, if you have a question mm. for Darren about your dog's behaviour, uh, something you need some help with, maybe it's walking, maybe it's all sorts of things, 0800 844 747 is the number or 3920 is the text. We're welcoming your calls uh, of uh, all your animal-related things and, well, your dog-related things, and get them in early too because what usually happens is we have a bit of a pile-up around the news and we don't get to everything. So 0800 844 747 or 3920 right here on Magic Talk. It is, and we're talking dogs, 0800 844 747 with uh, Darren. The well, he comes up as Darren the dog man on my phone, which always makes me laugh. Uh, from Mindfulness for Dogs, got a question for you, Darren, from Carolyn. Yep. My 15 month pup, a border collie and staffy cross, has started to, to sit or lie when we walk from home. We live semi rurally and we often get a few hundred metres from home, and then she wants to get home. I have treats, but once she wants to return home, it's just hard to change her mind. Walking elsewhere, she's fine. Walk, sorry, walking. So, so it's a fifteen-month-old pup, a, bo- a border collie and Staffy, um, just sits yeah. or lies when they walk from home. So, I think oh, okay. when she takes oh, them out okay. somewhere and they walk around, they're fine. But if they're walking from home, semi-rurally, a oh. uh, dog just wants to go home. 
Yeah, I mean, without actually seeing the environment, I mean, obviously, I'm just taking a guess, but but 15 weeks is quite um, mm-hmm. 15 weeks is quite young. Um, I would say that's a fear 15 months. That 15 months. 15 months. Oh, okay. I, I would well, either way, I would still say there's a fear response going on there, um, particularly if it's in a particular place. When when she lies down, have a little listen, to stop and listen and see what's going on. Is there something around that's causing a problem? I had a, a similar um, case actually quite recently with a client, and it was only always at a certain point that the dog just stopped and wouldn't go any further, and it was as they went um, under electric cables. Um, and I think it just freaked the dog out. I'm not saying that that's the case really, probably not. But there might be something going on that's causing the dogs to to react. And remember, dogs assess things um, with their ears and nose way more than we do, so their ranges of, of listening and, and understanding is way more. So it might just be something like that. Um, what you could do is just do some basic trainings around that point, um, some sort of motivational toy play, um, just to see if you can get them through that sort of problem. But it might just be a little bit lazy. <laughs> just walk too far, maybe even. Who knows? Border Collies know pretty good. Um, I doubt it'll be anything to do with lazy. It's probably to do with fear. Something going on there that's freaking them out. Mm, there you go, Carolyn. Good luck, good luck with that one. 0800 844 747 is the number, and we have Claire on the line. Morning, Claire. You're on with Darren. Good. Oh, good morning, morning Darren. Um, just a query. I've got a lab hunt away, um, just over a year old. She's an obsessive yep. chewer. Um, she's got all the toys, the hard, everything. Yeah. The soft ones, she just wrecks, and that's fine. <laughs> but the good ones or the hard ones, she's not really that interested in. So she's just chewing oh, okay. wood, whether it be the handles of my little gardening tools, the stakes that I'm using in the garden, oh, gosh. hunks all, all of the, wood. All the expensive things. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, chewing is normally um, a sign of um, stress, boredom, frustration, all those kind of things. Um, is she left outside during the day? No, she's home with no. someone all day. She's walked well oh, okay. all day, every day. Um, okay. Yeah, so, it's, it's so quite bizarre. It's almost like I it's might... tension now. Yeah, yeah. I would say normally chewing is through boredom. Um, that's the original sort of like starting, and then then it becomes a habit. And of course, if she's chewing something that you like, you know, you, you really value, then you're going to try and stop that's her right. getting that attention. And um, so it's probably developed into that kind of pattern. Um, I would imagine, especially hunters, they're pretty clever. Um, so that'll she'll have worked out that if she chews that particular object, you're going to come running out there and cut her off or. or give her attention in some way yeah so so it's probably about changing your habits a little bit maybe taking all those objects away as much as you can at the moment because if we can't practice behaviors and it doesn't become habit um but also i would um a year old i might just get the teeth checked out just to make sure there's not any pain going on there in the teeth a lot of behavioral issues um we don't realize are to do with pain with dogs so it could be that she's got teething problems or tooth problems and, and that might stop it just by getting a, um, looked at by the dentist. I would recommend that one, definitely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, she, yeah. gets, she gets those veal bones. I buy those roll things. All she does is bury them. She won't chew on them. So maybe it is something to no, do with so, dental. Yeah, so that, that, that does kind of hint that it could be. Um, when she's chewing, just see if she really chews on those back, those back teeth. And, and have a look. I mean, do you clean the teeth so regularly or? Not really. No, so it might be worth just having a look in there if you can and just, just sort of see. You'll see the black see marks the quite easily in all the tartar build-up. Shouldn't be too right. much for a year old, but we're worth looking at. 
Good luck, Claire. I hope you work that one out. 0800 844 747 if you have a question about your dog's behaviour. Now, we're talking about barking and what you need to do. So let's talk about, if your dog's really barking, what you shouldn't do. Yeah, so first of all, and, and most importantly, don't bark with them, OK? Don't shout at them, don't tell them off, because all you're doing is just confirming their behaviour again. It's just down to that tension, isn't it? If you give them attention, then they're going to think you like it. Mm. So don't don't scream at them. Um, and I know it's so easy to do, isn't it? And in fact, you probably end up making more noise than the dog does in the end. Yeah. Um, people are complaining about you rather than the dogs. That could be <laughs> quite just really. Um, then I've got five five sort of major points I think are um, a good way to start. So obviously if you've got a serious problem and you've had council complaints, get a trainer in to help you. It certainly helps um, with the council complaint. The, the council look at it in a lot um, better light. But you're going to need help because it needs to be done quickly. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So first of all, remove the reward. Dogs do things for rewards. Right? They'll be barking and there'll be a reward for their barking. The classic one is someone walks past, they get scared, they bark at them, and they leave the property or they go past the property, so the reward is that they've gone past. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got to try and take away the reward in some ways. Um, it might just be as simple as, um, I don't know, uh, they're barking at you to come inside. So they bark, you open the door, they come in, they've had the reward, so take the reward away. Sometimes that can add frustration, and they might bark a little bit more, so it might get worse before it gets better. Um, but that's a good way of looking at it. Try and take away the reward, the motivation for why the dog is barking. And, and you might have to sit down and really think about that because there might be many motivations, there might be many reasons why a dog's barking if they're just allowed to stay outside all day. But what if the dog, the, the way the dog lets you know that they want to come inside is by barking? Well, again, see, we won't, if our dogs are barking at us, we won't let them in. Because as soon as you allow them to say that that communication method works, then they're going to do it when they want to, and then it becomes an issue, doesn't it? Right, Because okay. they don't always want it. What, what happens when they want to come in and you don't want them to? Then you just keep barking and barking and barking and barking, and that's how the problem starts, I guess. Um, so you could give an alternative way of letting you know, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, yeah, that's a hard one, isn't it? I have to admit, because normally dogs mm. are barking outside, and we go, oh, God, it's so loud, we'll just bring them in, because yeah. we don't want to annoy the neighbours. But mm. actually, just making a rod for your own back by doing that. Um, and that leads on nicely, then, to, to the second one, tactically ignoring the barking. So, and this is easier said than done, especially if you've already had a noise complaint, okay? But when you totally ignore the barking, then there's no reward for the barking. Mm. And when I say ignore, I mean don't look at them, don't say anything to them, don't stroke them, um, definitely not touching them, okay? Not talking to them, no treats, nothing at all. Um, And that's a hard one because they give you that gorgeous puppy dog eyes, don't they, when they're sat at the the French window looking at you, the patio door looking at you, saying, please let me in, yeah? So you've got to resist that um, because the more you ignore it, then the behaviour is not going to be rewarded. Therefore, when the dog stops, and this is the important bit, when the dog stops, just wait about three seconds and then go and let them in or praise them for being quiet. But okay. that three seconds is quite important because at some point in those three seconds, your dog might decide to bark again. And if you praise them just as they're about to start to bark, then you've rewarded that behaviour again. And it only takes once to reward a dog on behaviour and they seem to think it's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. And, and a big note out to neighbours who have got problems with dogs. I think I said it earlier, but if you have got a problem with a dog, please don't talk to them. Don't bang on the fence and tell them to be quiet. You're making your problem worse. It's not helping the owner. It's not helping you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. definitely, definitely. Right, so ignore the barking. Ignore the barking, yeah. Um, but more importantly, when they're quiet, and this can only be done when you're home, I guess. So when you're quiet, when they're quiet and it's attention-seeking barking, then just give them a walk when they're quiet. In fact, I would say... 
my dogs are quiet sort of 60, 70% of the day and I reward them when they're quiet. But I just ignore them when they're loud or right. when they're barking because obviously with lots of dogs, if they do bark, someone comes in, they're going to bark lots, aren't they? Um, but when they're quiet, just catch them and go, oh, good dog for being quiet, give us a treat. Okay. <laughs> so they'll, they'll start to realise that being quiet gives them lots of treats or gives them rewards. Right. So they'll be quiet more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think of it rather than trying to solve the problem, think of um, just promoting the behaviours they do naturally. Um, and then we've got this real big one, desensitising the dog. So when your dog's outside and you leave it outside and, and the whole idea of leaving your dog outside to deal with the world is quite a difficult one for the dog, especially if it's um, a nervous dog. And when they get scared of things, and that's when they bark and they get more scared and then they bark more and so on, just vicious circle. And that's, that's the majority of the um, nuisance barking complaints, I would say, when a right. dog's scared. Right. So, so we need to desensitise them. And, and a lot of dogs are scared of noises. Noises are probably one of the worst sort of phobias for dogs um, completely. So we need to start to desensitize our dogs and it's back to being a puppy again. So we have a good distance between the noise or the problem and then we give them lots of treats. So we're not barking, so we're not reacting and then we give them lots of treats. And then we move it slightly closer or we turn the sound up a little bit and then we treat again. If they bark, then we just take that thing away again or turn the sound down. And what we want to do then is that when, when they're not barking and it's relatively close or relatively loud, we move it away or we turn the sound off and we don't treat at all. And then we bring it back again and then we treat and what we want to do is we want to make an association and when they hear that sound or when they see that person, dog, whatever, um, that they might get a treat. So it's really positive when they see that and you start to change the way the dog thinks. They, they move from a pessimistic sort of life to an optimistic mm-hmm. life. How sort of long, what sort of time frame time. are we looking at for this sort of thing? Yeah, it can take time. I mean, it's like um, how long is a piece of string really? Mm-hmm. Depending on how, how long your dog's been scared of the um, whatever it is, the problem, then depends on how long it can take it away because it's kind of trauma, isn't it? So I would say a couple of weeks at least of training like that. Okay. But consistent training, you know, you've got to be consistently doing it. It's not just like two minutes here and two minutes there. You've got to make a plan. So get a trainer in to help you, mm-hmm. or at least a trainer to set that plan up for you, I would say, definitely. Okay, that makes, bit of hard that work, makes sense. A bit of hard work on that one, Mel, but the alternatives are your dog's impounded and you, you lose your dog possibly. So. Well, we get trainers well, to yeah, help yeah. us with our, with our, you know, our exercise regime, so it makes sense that we should probably get a trainer to does, sort yeah. our dog's behaviour out too. It does indeed. Um, the other alternative is um, enroll your dog in a doggy daycare and then you don't have the problem. <laughs> you give the problem to somebody else. But, mm-hmm. um, that can be costly. Uh, last forever. <laughs> um, you've also, you could teach your dog to do something else. This only works when you're in the house. So your dog's barking, you say, go get your toy. And, and then they run and they grab their toy and they start sort of throwing their toy around and chewing their toy. And again, it's that association. You bark, you get your toy. But that only really works when it's, when it's you in the house. Um, it doesn't really help you when you're, um, when you're not there. Um, and then this is the biggest one. If we don't, and as I say, we've got five border collies and border collies can be a bit sort of anxious and a bit crazy at times, as you probably well know. Um, and if we don't get out there with our toys and do a chase game for half an hour, they can be a nightmare um, because they're just on edge. So so we, we consistently play with them. We, we, we give them a really good exercise in the morning before we leave for work so that they're tired and, and then they might wake up. They probably sleep for about four or five hours, our dogs. Um, and they'll, they'll wake up. Um, if, they, if they haven't had that exercise and they're, they're wired all day, and you can imagine a lot of a lot of dog owners don't get that sort of couple of hours or sort of at least an hour of exercise in the morning, so they are wired all day, and, and mm. that's the biggest thing. Okay, yeah. so give them some good exercise, Definitely. tire them out so they're too knackered to bark. Hey, yeah. I've got a question here for you from Kathy. Um, just a little bit more about cleaning the teeth. Uh, they've got a border collie oh, right, huntaway yeah. cross. Yep. About how to do it? Yes. 
Yeah. So, so dogs don't naturally like you throwing things in their um from their mouth. Um, we we buy little toothbrushes um, from um some of the sort of um dollar shops. Um, little kiddies one. They're quite good. And you can get um don't don't get toothpaste from um normal toothpaste that we have. The, the chemicals are too harsh. But you can actually get proper dog toothpaste from the vets. Um, and they do it in lovely poultry flavour. One I've got here. Mm. I'm just doing a, a session with um our puppies. Um, puppy preschool a couple of nights ago. That explained it. You want to again desensitize it to the toothbrush so i would use your finger and, and just put your finger in their mouth and just touch their teeth and give them a treat and a little bit lift the jowl up that's that little flap of skin that they have and give them a treat and just get them whole sort of the back of the hand just touching around the mouth getting sent you know getting used to that and then start to just move the toothbrush around the mouth but not touching it and give them a treat so they, they see that out the corner of their eyes mm-hmm. and then start to sort of do a little, just one stroke and then a treat and then a couple of strokes and a treat. Um, but generally speaking, that toothpaste tastes quite nice. So as soon as you get the toothpaste on there and the toothbrush goes in the mouth, they quite like the toothpaste. So they're trying to eat the toothpaste, which means their mouth's opening and closing. So you can like get in there and really give them, give them some uh, um, good brush strokes. Get in but there. Well recommended because... Yeah, well recommended because I think dentistry is probably one of the most expensive um, parts of veterinary care, isn't it? Yeah, well, I can imagine it would be. And I know some dogs need to be uh, anaesthetised before they can actually not, just before you can actually get into their mouth and do a proper clean. Hey, Darren, yeah. thank you so much for giving us some advice on barking this week. Appreciate your time as always. And if people want to find you, you, best to go via Facebook. Yeah, you can go via Facebook, um, just search Mindfulness for Dogs on number four, or you can find us on our website, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, you name it, we're there. You find them on all of the places. That's Darren Rowe, Mindfulness for Dogs. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.